Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench. My name's Rory, here with you until 7pm this evening. We have an awful lot to get through on the show tonight. We'll have reaction from Parky Cueve, where Cork were beaten by Galway today in the Alliance National Hurling League. Uh, so we'll hear from Kieran Kingston in just a little bit. We'll go around the grounds as well, get reaction from some of the other games as well today. We're going to talk to Seamus O'Connor of Skiana Skull about the coming of months Skull uh, Activity Week, which is happening uh, this week. So we'll be talking to that. And we're also going to talk tennis on the show tonight and uh, the Davis Cup taking place this week. We're talking to the Corkman, who is the co-captain of the Irish team over in Cyprus this week. So plenty to come between now and seven o'clock you're listening to the big red bench on corks red fm Thank you very much indeed for joining us on the Big Red Bench tonight. It's been a very, very busy day of sport. As I mentioned, Cork uh, beaten by Galway today in the Allianz Hurling League, 325 to 2.23. So that means that uh, Galway finished top of Division 1A. And so they and Kilkenny are joined uh, champions of the uh, competition. Elsewhere, Waterford beating Tipperary today by five points at Walsh Park. The final score was 229 to 3.21. And the All-Ireland champions, Limerick beating Westmead, 326 to 18 points in Mullingar today in football Mayo secure promotion back to Division 1 they beat Clare by 4 points in Ennis today 228-218 was the final score Killian O'Connor scoring 1-4 in the first half before having to go off injured their manager is James Horn he was pleased to come out on the right side of a tough contest we got a right test today from a from a very good team. So so there's you know that's a good a good test and it shows shows areas that you know areas flashed up there that we need to improve on. So so um, I, I'm happy with it. happy to be playing to be honest the games uh, with two weeks with championships. Elsewhere, Kildare have beaten Meath one fourteen to fourteen points in Newbridge. So they go back up to the top tier. Elsewhere, Armagh have beaten Roscommon one seventeen to eleven points in their Division One relegation playoff at the Athletic Grounds. Galway Monaghan, Monaghan, excuse me, finished level in Clonus. That game has gone to extra time. In Camogie and Cork are in action today in the Littlewoods Ireland National Camogie League uh, semi-final today. They're taking on Galway at half time. It is Cork who lead by one seven to one. Uh, well, excuse me into the second half I should say it's uh, Cork 1-8 Galway 1-10 so it's Galway leading by two points there uh, the winners will face Kilkenny in the Saturday they'll be Tipperary today 3-12 to 19 points at Nolan Park this afternoon in football England have won their opening Group D game at the European Championships today at Wembley Stadium Raheem Sterling scoring for Gareth Southgate side in the 57th minute that is his uh, first ever uh, major tournament goal it caps off a successful week for the Manchester City forward as well he got an MBE from the Queen which was sound of her uh, Sterling says it was a big team performance we know as a team we've got a lot to do we've got a lot to build on from that performance but at the same time the most important thing is you know the togetherness in the team you've seen at the end boys digging in deep it was difficult conditions the pitch were dry but we didn't make any excuses you know we dug deep and we got we got the result I think we, we truly deserved in Group C second half just about to kick off Austria North Macedonia going head to head and uh, their level at a goal apiece tonight Netherlands taking on Ukraine that's an 8 o'clock kick off in that game and in tennis it's uh, a 5 set epic in the French Open finals Stefano Tsitsipas had gone two sets to love up on Novak Djokovic winning the first in a tie break and the second 6-2 Djokovic though powering back winning the next two sets 6-3, 6-2 he is 4-2 up in the fifth and deciding set 
Right, we're going to hear now from uh, Cork boss Kieran Kingston following the defeat uh, to Galway today. Finished Galway 325, Cork 223. Cork up by six at half time uh, to lose by five points in the end. Uh, three second half goals for Galway proving crucial from Cahal Mannion, Conor Whelan, and Conor Cooney. With Cork's goals coming from Conor Cahalan and Jack O'Connor. So, top spot for Galway in Division 1A after that result. Going to hear from their manager, Shane O'Neill. Next, first though, going to hear from Cork boss Karen Kingston. Yes, it was. To be honest, we thought we played very well in the first half, caused a lot of pro- caused a lot of troubles, and maybe unlooking at that, not to be only seven points up. Uh, but then, with our second half starting the shape, we lost the shape a little bit. They overran us, uh, and we kind of dug in and we kind of reacted well to a couple of goals that they got. And we were still, I think, up two points up mm. to twenty two eighteen with about eight minutes of normal time. I think there's only eight minutes of normal time really That's right, yeah. remaining. And I thought that left us in a good position, but very disappointing that we finish from there then like you made a few substitutions though Kieran but yeah fellas were out of, out of juice like and those yeah. fellas fellas were coming back from injuries that we, we knew okay. we couldn't get any more time into um, and I thought we lost our shape a little bit coming down the stretch uh, and conversely then you must have been impressed with Galway the way the t- a 12 point turnaround in the second half of course oh, they, yeah, they were targeting yeah. a league final place yeah I mean from Galway's perspective um, it's like we all know Galway is a serious side I suppose many people many observers would see Galway as if Limerick had to be toppled as a team to do it and seem to show that, that they're capable of beating anyone on a given day right. uh, and it's a great game for us against a top class opposition we both played I think every best players available to us uh, and uh, 20 days out from championship we couldn't have got a better game ok and it, it gives you a, a, a good foundation I suppose for the Limerick game notwithstanding the defeat obviously you prefer to be going in with a victory I, of course we would like I mean, yeah. actually, the, league, the league in, the league in print, the main has been has been good for us it hasn't yeah. been fantastic it was yeah. very good the first three games second half against Limerick with an inexperienced side was, yeah. was okay um, first half tonight but I suppose last 10 minutes of today were probably the most disappointing aspect of the league for me because we just got overran and lost our shape a little bit or a lot and that was disappointing and you obviously had a team meeting there Kieran. I know the way yeah. this works when, you're, when you get beaten um, obviously maybe some tough words ah yeah I mean we are trying to get a balance to it like I mean, yeah. it, it, because like, we're 20 days off from championship there were some good things to be said and there was okay. some there was some honesty as well that had to be uh, as well because like tw- as I said 20 days out right. there are things we need to fix and, and uh, we need to work on but, but look we have a very good group a very dedicated group they came back in really good in, in, a, in, a, in really good state physically from the lockdown so to speak and um, they're eager to learn and like last Saturday night against Limerick and days like today against Galway yes. um, they learn a lot from but look you must let's not forget like, this is a very very good Galway team so I'll be writing from a Galway perspective I presume you're summing up a goal where no team will, will fancy taking them on in the championship oh, or they'll have to I produce think, a big I one to I beat think, them I think Galway will, will, will be saying the championship no doubt yeah, about that yeah. no doubt I think we've seen that during the league okay. we saw it today first hand ourselves okay. we played the top teams uh, well most of the top teams in different stages during the league uh, outside of obviously the, the Leinster teams and um, I think Galway are up, right up there with the best Would you reflect positively on the league campaign Kieran? overall yes, I mean um, it, it was yeah. mixed results wise the last couple of results weren't as good as the first couple but would you reflect no, positively overall nah, you got to use a lot of players and so on yeah we did yeah I mean, in the main, yeah, like, okay, we lost 
I suppose you think over the course of the league we lost the first half against Limerick last week we lost the second half today I think there of the ten halves we played we lost those two halves and they're I suppose they're the ones we're focusing on um, the learnings from the first half against Limerick and the learnings from the last ten minutes today the last second half but also in particular the last ten minutes as, as to what to take away from those you know and he excited now is there a good buzz in the squad I suppose ahead of championship about three weeks out ah, there is yeah there are 20 days now before we play we play a championship today as I say was disappointing lads are a bit down because it was a game that we would have we wanted to win and we make no secret of that especially at home um, but saying that look we were up against a serious team and we I think we gave it our all for 60 minutes and but we didn't bring it home yeah, just finally here in an empty stadium again today I suppose you yeah. gradually see a few sporters coming back over the next few games and well, it'll be nice to, to get them back onto us well there was a few a few there today a, few a, bit, a, bit, bit, a, bit, a bit of noise when yeah. there's a score a certain way which was great and, and that's what we need and then we're going to see more of it with God's help when the, when the vaccination um, programme kicks in I think we'll see a little bit more of it and there much more of it as we possibly can which would be great Game from what we had seen and uh, the information that we were provided but it was just obviously we were the two goals down um, but then in the second half I thought that the lads figured it out very very well on pitch and uh, we're, 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 we're much tighter at the back and uh, much more I suppose ruthless up front then I suppose, well, I suppose the wind was a factor as well it was probably there was a wind there alright yeah. yeah yeah there, there was a wind there out in the middle of the pitch there was, a, there was a, a fair breeze there now no it wasn't really a factor on we're probably standing off uh, Cork way too much in the first half, you know. To be seven points down at the start of the second half, Shane, and you know, you're thinking to yourself, well, Cork probably need to win this game more than Galway, notwithstanding the fact that you the league final place uh, up for grabs. Um, it, it was a great effort by Galway to come back in those circumstances. A 12 point turnaround by the finish. Yeah, 12 point tur- turnaround was great. I think it was six at half time, and then they did the free. Um, Patrick Horgan put the free over to go seven up and uh, to win by five in the end, then was great. But uh, I'm not too sure that it meant more to Cork than, than to Galway. Both you could see it there. Probably the first half was a bit loose uh, for, for both teams, but you could see there in the second half the players really gave absolutely everything on the pitch. Warden caught him in shame. Like Another fine performance from the game today. Plenty of lads like likes of Brian Kikana, likes Colin Manning, Connor Reid, and let's run great form ahead of championship. Yeah, absolutely. We've another three weeks now, and I suppose the the not a secret, but what we have to try and do is um, keep them fresh, but also incremental improvements as well over the next three weeks, so that they're absolutely humming for um, for the championship. So we've uh, three weeks to try and start out now, um, but uh, looking forward to it. It's great to I suppose prepare for championship on the back of a victory, you know, and we got a nice score there again today. Yeah, and on the back of being giant winners and possibilities setting up a, a, a Leinster final, maybe yeah. double with Bilkini if you get over fourteen. Yeah, it's, been, it's been unusual. You, you, uh, um, Waterford. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of you, you, you. You kind of win the league in a way, <laughs> which is a bit silly, but uh, yeah, um, it wasn't something we spoke about at all, actually, to be honest with you. You know, it's re- really been the, the preparation for the championship. We knew we'd get a serious uh, game here against Cork, and you could see that particularly in the first half and the first quarter of the second half. Is that a shame that irrespective of whether it's a league final now, you've got what you wanted out of the league? I think so, yeah, because we looked again, uh, like uh, last year as well, we just wanted to create as a competitive squad as we possibly could. Three of the boys got injured there last week and they actually came in, the, the three boys that came in did exceptionally well. Um, I thought TJ, for example, would have been struggling in the first half, but really turned it around, you know, a great young lad, and, and to see him there and really drive it forward in, in the second half. And then uh, each of the subs that came on all made a difference, you know, which is fantastic from, from our perspective. 
Okay, that was Galway's Shane O'Neill. We also heard from a, a very disappointed Kieran Kingston before that following Galway's win today uh, at a sun-drenched Parky Quave. One man who was there for us enjoying the sunshine, enjoying the 99 afterwards, I'd imagine, is uh, Colm O'Sullivan. Colm, how are you, sir? I'm sweating, Roar, and I am going to go for a 99 now in a second, actually, um, because it's absolutely beautiful, gorgeous day in Parky Quave for a game of hurling, and lovely in the good weather to see on the far side of the ground some fans and supporters back in the stadium today in very, very limited numbers, only 200 of them there. But the ones who were there made their presence felt, they made a bit of noise, and unfortunately they didn't see a Cork win today, Roar. Yeah, um, I was watching this um, online on tgcaher.ie, and it looked like Cork left it behind them. They did. Cork threw it away, really, I think. Um, a decent first-half performance from Cork. They had a, a two-goal lead at half-time. Uh, there were six points up to 12 to 12 points at half-time. And you kind of thought Cork would kick on and probably win the game quite comfortably in the second half. But Galway came out all guns blazing, and Galway got a goal back after about two or three minutes of the second half. They got another goal then on 51 minutes, and they got another goal later on. They got three goals to, uh, to totally overturned the whole thing and it finished up with a, a 325 to 223 win and it was just a very very strong second half from Galway but you might have heard uh, Kieran Kingston speaking there Roar, when I was chatting to him after and he, he was saying the court left it behind them in the second half he, he knew they kind of lost their shape in the second half and lads got tired maybe it was the heat maybe it's just a, a culmination of the last five or six games that they played but um, Cork didn't look the same side in the second half that they were in the first half today and uh, Kieran Kingston was disappointed with that. But as you heard, he's reflecting quite positively overall on the on the the league campaign when he looks back on it. Um, they had two wins. They had they had the draw against Tipperary, and unfortunately the, the defeat today and the defeat last week against Limerick as well. But he thinks that it was a pretty good overall. And I mean, he got to he got to use a phenomenal amount of players as well, Roar. So um, he seems happy enough heading into championship in three weeks' time. Yeah, so definitely there's positives to take uh, from the league campaign for the Rebels. It's just finishing on back to back defeats, I suppose, is the disappointing aspect mm. uh, for Cork. And and uh, you heard how disappointed Kieran was was with that. But you mentioned the weather, Colm, and I mentioned the weather as well. Today is the hottest day of the yeah. year. It's like 25 degrees in Cork. Um, I know there's water breaks now in hurling matches and stuff like that, but having to play for 70 minutes in those kind of conditions, it has to be tough on the players. Like hurling is as, as intense as any sport can be, Roar. I think it's non-stop, it's end-to-end, more than, than football or Gaelic football or rugby or anything. Hurling, I think, just has that real intensity about it and it's non-stop. And in, in, a, in a day like today, when, when it's sweltering, when it's 25, 26 degrees, that is tough for players to play in. But then at the same time, I mean, it was just as tough for the Galway players to play in those conditions today as the Cork players. So they can't really use that as, a, as, as an excuse, I think, for their second-half performance. Um they just they just fell away in the second half roar and I think Kieran Kingston was disappointed with that. But um at the same time, like he, he wasn't overly negative after. As I said, he reflects quite positively on the whole thing. Obviously disappointed to finish with back to back defeats after they had their, their big wins against Waterford and Westmead a few weeks ago. Um but um I, I think I think he's happy enough just from chatting to him there yeah. a little while ago, Roar. Yeah, 20 days to go now to that, uh, that yeah. Munster Championship game with Limerick, which we cannot wait for. Uh, it's going to be an absolute cracker. It's going to be a massively different game to the one that was there last week. But it's all systems going on for the next three weeks, Colm. It certainly is, and we were actually we we're actually waiting for Kieran Kingston for a while after for a bit of a chat because he had a, he kind of held an impromptu team meeting at the end, yeah. and um, he he was kind of he said to us after he just got the players together, wanted to kind of sit him down straight after the game, have a chat. And, and just kind of say, lads, we need to get our heads together now. We have, we have 20 days, we have three weeks to get ready for this big championship opener. And, and, and I suppose to kind of reset a positive mindset with the lads after back-to-back defeats after today as well. And he just needs to get them focused now for the next couple of weeks. All right, Colin, we'll leave it there. Thanks for today.
Thank you, Roar. Cheers. That's Colm O'Sullivan uh, reporting on today's game. Right in the uh, Little Woods uh, Ireland Division 1 Camogie semi final, it is uh, Cork trailing Galway. It's uh, Galway 111, Cork 19 is the latest score from there. In tennis, Novak Djokovic looks like he's on the cusp of winning the French Open. He's 5 3 up on Stefano Tsitsipas in the deciding set. And at the uh, European Championships, I find it hard to say Euro 2020. I keep calling it the European Championships. Uh, Euro 2020, uh, Austria won, North Macedonia won is the latest score from there. Going to go around some of the other grounds today. Uh, Going to hear from uh, Limerick boss uh, John Kiley after their win over Westmead today. He was speaking to Midlands 103. We found a tough going there for 45, 50 minutes, you know. Um, we were able to keep a little bit of distance, but at the same time, not comfortable distance. And, you know, I suppose the boys coming off the bench made a, a telling impact in the last quarter. Uh, they brought a, a real freshness to it and I think that's probably one of the most pleasing aspects of today's performance is that you know that brings and adds to the, the already existing um, competitiveness within the group over the last three four weeks that's the, the main thing I take from it I think it's been a, a positive conclusion to the league for us as well uh, which gives us plenty of momentum now heading into the next three weeks and uh, yeah, we're just really all eyes now focused on the 3rd of July and that's where the focus is going to be now you can see that the end is going to say to the intensity of the players that were brought on they really wanted to finish the game really really strong they knew it was their last I suppose real action for the party yeah it was, it was a very important game you know um, from that perspective like sure it's the last chance for fellas to maybe in a competitive sense maybe you know put up their hand you know, we'll turn, turn things in-house now for the next couple of weeks and, you know, let them do battle there. But, uh, yeah, listen, it's, it was important the fellas got uh, to, to continue maybe that upward trend that we've seen over the last few weeks. In terms of injuries today, I know obviously Sean was out today, but Kyle looked like he was limping and off, got a bit of ice, all OK there? Kyle, Kyle would be absolutely fine. Just a, a sl- very, very slight ankle, uh, went over on his ankle slightly, that's all. Um, no, we've come through clean today. Very happy with us, to be honest with you. Really important for us, and we have a good few players coming back into full training next week as well, which is great as well. You have a group here that are obviously winners and serial winners now. Can you see them kind of change slightly the mentality in the last couple of days even? Um, not at all, no. I think we're we're very, very busy at the moment. You know, we're doing a lot of work. Um, you know, we've had to do a lot of work. We've had a really tough seven weeks trying to get up to speed. Uh, we're getting there. We're not quite there yet. But we've hopefully got two really good weeks ahead of us now. And hopefully we'll come through it clean and with everybody in good health. And uh, we're really looking forward to the, the getting the championship going now and, uh, you know, really being at our very best if we can. That's Limerick's John Colley there speaking after their win over Westmeath. Uh, going to hear briefly from Matt Walford boss Liam Cahill following their win over Tipperary today speaking to WLR. Uh, Liam, you're just throwing bread after what was a really exciting encounter, but uh, good satisfaction to get over the line today. Yeah, absolutely. Good game, great workout two weeks before championship and um, good championship feel to it there for, you know, for us. Uh, for most of the game anyway um, so yeah happy to get through the day yeah, was that the ideal game ahead of the, the Clare Challenge now in two weeks time Liv? yeah it is um, you know I think all teams now are looking to finish the league reasonably strong and uh, you know we see Kilkenny and, and Clare yesterday as well in Ennis like Clare finishing really strong and they look to be in great shape coming uh, coming down the tracks in, in, two, in two weeks time mm. you went in a point down at half time that sucker punch of a goal from um, Noel McGrath before half time what was the attitude in the dressing room like at half time yeah, the attitude is, is always good to be fair, Gavin, with these fellas. They're they're, they're good, honest players, and um, you know they they're good to assess, you know where they went wrong. We had a lot of, I suppose, questions asked again in 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 Salt Hill last week. So 
um, and we had to address them during the week and I think today we, we, our shape was that it'll be better and um, you know slowly but surely we're always as I said a work in progress but time has come now that it gets real in two weeks time and and that's that's reality. We hope we have enough done to to put our hand up and try and progress in the championship. Yeah, we saw um, Austin Gleeson and Shane Fives go off there in the first half. Liam, is any update on them yet, or is it too early to, to say? Yeah, it's too early. Like uh, you know, yeah, you, I would be I would be concerned enough because um, you know, they're to be honest, they're two fellas that don't go down too easily, and um, you know, they're both twists and a, a twist uh, with an- uh, Austin's ankle and, and uh, Shane Fives pulled something again in his quad which might be a reoccurring injury so uh, you know we just have to wait and see as the, as the week progresses mm, Yeah and I suppose that's it with the games coming thick and fast and the, the ground is supposed to be rock hard there today I suppose it probably comes down to that doesn't it? It does it comes down to that and again the ball is starting to fly and it's thank God like it's it's summer hurling again and it's great to have it back yeah. and I think 17 points to 180 outscored Tipperary in the, the second half you seem to be really sharp and you know got game time into a lot of guys as well Liam yeah I think the real I suppose satisfying aspect of it for me is I think after today we used around 35 players in the league which is you know which is good going and staying you know relatively competitive throughout the league even though we use all them players now I know some some players will have a little argument that they might not have got as, as much game time as they'd like and, and, and that's understandable but I think we've rotated our squad well we've we've asked questions of fellas to see whether they're going to put their hand up for a start in the championship and um, you know it's a good healthy squad at the moment and I think no more we can do other than that is to, to keep give everybody a chance and keep it keep it good and, and real and live uh, in training Yeah, I'm just finding one for me are you happy with where the squad is now Liam heading into the Clare game in, in two weeks time this championship starts straight away or has it started I suppose from the first round of the league uh, yeah everything is geared to, towards championship I think every manager um, you know that's their that's their vision is to make sure that they're ready for championship championship is the real judge and um, you know I'm sure uh, you know the likes of the performance today won't really really matter if if we're turned over in two weeks time and you know we really have to be ready to for Clare like, like see the momentum they're building and like if you know, if, if, if we get beaten by Clare in two weeks' time, we, we can have no excuses because we're, we're, we're well forewarned as to what's coming. Yeah, that's Liam Cahill there speaking to WLR after uh, their win today over Tipperary. We'll get to Liam shooting just a bit, but just to get you up to date, Novak Djokovic currently serving um, for the match at the French Open Final 5 for Open Stefano Sitsi Pass at 40-30 up there and he's got a serve there to see that game out uh, we'll see that in a bit and uh, Galway stretching their lead over Cork it's now uh, Galway 113 Cork 110 that was our Division 1 Camogie League semi-final so we'll keep you up to date on that one as well and uh, still waiting for Novak Djokovic in fact Stefano Pass has just uh, made it uh, level uh, so it's juice there now in that game so we'll uh, come back to that in a minute we're going to hear from my tip boss uh, Liam Sheedy after their defeat to Waterford today joining me now is Liam Sheedy what are you thinking after that? Ah, look, you know, best team won. You know, we can have no complaints, Steve. And um, we had a good first half and went six points clear. I think we were one twelve to 9 at one stage and had a bit of a cushion. But Waterford took over and, you know, we went in that one point up. And, you know, there's a nice breeze here. So, uh, you know, in the second half, then they tagged on a few scores very, very early on. You know, they got that six or seven clear. Thought the boys showed great heart. You know, we got them back to a point. But again 
conceded a few frees inside and look you'd have to say that Waterford had the more energy on the pitch today you know they were winning the middle third they were getting the better quality ball into their inside line and when, when they do it's hard, to, it's hard to defend they were they were coming off the shoulder at pace today and you know we struggled on the middle third and we struggled on the breaking ball so loads, loads to work on but look overall it's been a good league campaign you know we've learned loads about ourselves and it's all about championship now so we get three weeks to prepare The start of the second half Waterford came out and they just seemed to put up a couple of early scores and got a bit of breathing room for themselves and found their feet in the game Ah yeah look at their nice team a fine team and in fairness they're very very well drilled and you know they just had they had it better that second half and there's no point in saying anything else you know I would say John McGrath went in and made a telling contribution after going in you know um, but but ultimately as I said we came up that little bit short today and you know that's, that's disappointing for us you know we felt it was a chance of getting into a, a, a league final if we, if, we, if we had to win today so that aspect of it is disappointed I think the game was, was there for one for us to win and we, we, didn't, we didn't do that today and uh, we just lacked a bit of energy on the pitch today and so we've, we've, got, a, we've got a tough three weeks work ahead of us now to get, to get ready The defence was looking really steady really and then you just met Desi Hutchinson and the pace of him is something else like and that's something we may have to worry about if we meet him again in the championship Oh yeah look at they're a fine forward line and you know especially if they get really good ball in but you know and uh, we, we know as I said I think overall our defensive displays throughout this league has been top class and uh, as I said today was the first day that we that we came a little bit stuck but I think in fairness I think some of the ball going in made it very very hard to defend you know you're, you're against top class opposition the ball going in has to be you know if, if we get it in 50-50 you know I, I back my boys to deal with it but today I'm afraid you know it was, it was good quality ball going in which is very very hard to defend and Liam uh, what's the story with Niall O'Mara and with Bubbles uh, will they be back soon um, yeah, well, Nile sees appendix out, so unfortunately, Nile will be out for a few weeks. Probably rules him out for three weeks' time. Um, you know, Bubbles hopefully is, is back full training next week, all going well. So, um, yeah, look, Nile and Bonner will be will be will, won't be available for selection. I'd imagine in the first round, but all going well. Nile should be back around the middle of July. I'd expect. Um, we wish him well. As I said, it's um, it's unfortunate, but he has he had he had his appendix out last week. So you just you have who you have really, and then the rest of the players are all fit. Yeah, look at it. You know, as I said, I still believe we have a really strong panel. We've learnt a lot over the league. Some guys have got chances. More guys get a chance to put their hand up over the next three weeks. And whatever team uh, comes to the pitch will be well ready come championship. Best of luck. Thanks, Stephen. Nathalie Sheen there speaking to Tip FM after uh, their uh, defeat to Waterford today. Uh, in the Camogie Division 1 uh, semi-final, uh, Cork uh, rallying back at the moment. Galway worth three points up uh, a moment ago, but uh, Cork have gotten two quick-fire points. They trail by a point now. It's uh, Galway leading 113-112. And Novak Djokovic has won the French Open after a five-set epic with Stefano Tsitsipas coming from two sets down to win. 6-7, uh, 6-3, 6-2. 6-4 incredible stuff from the number one seed we're going to take a break when we come back we're talking tennis some more GA The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM The prize pot keeps growing the guesses keep coming. What do you think? So the rolling machine that's in the gym. A spring doorstop. But no one's gotten close. When you take a sheet of paper out of the tissue dispenser. Yet. Can you crack Cork's 745 secret sound? Woo-hoo! With Curve, one card to rule them all. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Rory here with you on the Big Red Bench side. You could join us uh, on the show. If you missed last night's show, we were live from Porky Cueve. Um, really, really good stuff to celebrate the launch of the uh, the Red FM Hurling Leagues, um, which has started uh, in earnest this week. Games left, right and centre across the county. Um, absolutely fantastic to see all the games back. Delighted to see all the, the clubs tagging us in tweets and 
mentioning us on Twitter and stuff like that about their scores and how they're getting on and stuff like that but it's fantastic stuff but uh, to celebrate the launch yesterday we were live in Porky Cueve uh, we spoke to CEO Kevin O'Donovan about the challenges uh, facing Cork GA and that they have faced over the last year I guess during COVID uh, and we had an in-depth interview with Kieran Kingston as well uh, reflecting on the year and the um, uh, and the games that they played up until yesterday, not including today's defeat to Galway, obviously, and uh, just a very in depth interview with him. It's about a half an hour long, so it's certainly wor- worth checking out. You can get that Big Red Bench podcast on redfm.ie or from wherever you get your podcasts from. Cork have drawn level in the Littlewoods Ireland uh, Division One Camogie League semi final, one thirteen apiece is how it stands there at the moment, and uh, Austria and Macedonia the live game at uh, the European Championships still level out a goal apiece 71 minutes on the clock there but we're going to talk tennis because the Davis Cup uh, happening this week in Cyprus and a court man Cian Blake is the co-captain this week in the absence of Connor Nyland I spoke to Cian earlier on in the week OK joined on the line now by Ireland's Davis Cup captain Cian Blake Cian how are you sir? I'm good Rory how are you? Good it's uh, good to chat to you thanks for coming on the show again um, tell us I suppose first off um how the captaincy came about? Yeah, well, um, I was asked by Tennis Ireland to um, captain the Irish Davis Cup team this year um, in the absence of Conor Nyland, who is the who is the captain, and he had to step aside for because um, of COVID and because of work reasons. So um, myself and Carlos Miranda, a, guy, a coach from the North, from uh, Northern Ireland, um, were asked to step in. So delighted to do it and huge honour and huge privilege um, to captain your country at any level, but especially at Davis Cup level. It's um, it's the pinnacle for for coaches, mm. like, so I'm really looking forward to it. Big shoes to fill the one, Conor Ireland. Yeah, Conor is, um, like, look, in my opinion, Conor's our greatest ever player. Mm. Um, he's um, he's seen someone that's been very good to me. Um, I've gone to, he's a fellow monster man as well, being from Limerick. So I've gone to him a lot of, with a lot of, um, a lot of questions, a lot of things, and he's, he's really been good to me. He's helped me a lot. Um, just not, not just in this Davis Cup, uh, with the Davis Cup, but in general, in my general work. So, um, yeah, huge, huge, uh, shoes to fill, but, um, hopefully we'll be able to do it anyway. And as you mentioned, Keen, it is a massive honor to captain your country. Yeah. I mean, captain your country at any level um, is a huge honour I mean I've been lucky to do it um, on a few occasions at um, underage level um, at different things like the Winter Cup and the Four Nations but um, I mean Davis Cup is the is the biggest competition in in the world of tennis so um, to captain at this at this level at pro level is huge for me and uh, something really looking forward to you know So what's the format so for the Davis Cup next week? Yeah, so we're in um, we're in Group Three. So you have four groups. Um, world Group One would be your major nations, your Spains, Italy's, France's, and World Group Two would be good strong nations as well, like Switzerland for argument's sake. Mm-hmm. Roger Federer's nation are, are, are in uh, World Group Two, and we're in World Group or we're in Group Three. And then there's Group Group Four afterwards. So our 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 section is set, um, eight teams. It was originally eight teams, but Liechtenstein have pulled out. So seven teams now. One group of four. One group of three. Uh, the two top teams in the groups go uh, straight through to World Group World Group Two, and the two second teams will play off for a chance to go to World Group Two. So, yeah, that's the way it's going to work. And are these all singles matches or doubles matches? How does it work? Yeah, so there's um, there's two singles matches and a doubles match per tie. Um, so you start with the two singles and then you finish with the doubles. So, um, yeah, it's um, we're, we're confident we we have a good team. Um, I suppose on paper, when you look at it, we're probably probably the fourth strongest team um, in the in our section so um, we definitely have a chance and um, we're looking forward to it I mean if, if, if we can perform on the day we think we have a right chance of going to World Group 2 you know Can you talk us through the team you have Cian? Yeah so our number one is a guy called Simon Carr um, so Simon is um, Simon's top 600 in the world um, he comes from Mullingar 
Um, he would be our top player. Um, he is a um, really good player. Um, he's on the tour full time. Um, he, he, he has been on the tour. He's been top junior. He's played in all the junior Grand Slams. Um, so he's a really top player. Um, unfortunately, our number two, Julian Bradley, um, had to pull out of the event. He damaged his rotator cuff, so he's out of the event. And Amar Alamin is going to come in. He's a top, one of our top juniors. Again, was a top junior, was ranked as high as 130 in the World ITF um, under 18 last year. So he's just started on the tour. Now he's actually in Greece at the moment, so he'll be joining us from Greece. Oscar Hushin is a, a, another guy that will be joining us. He's over in Italy at the moment, just just played, to, uh, did really well this week, actually won a lot, lot of good matches. So Oscar is based in Spain, um, in Soto Tennis Academy in Spain. Um, under Dan Kiernan so he, he's a top player as well he'll be another singles player and then Dave O'Hare I suppose is the experienced player of the group Dave is um, Dave is the elder statesman I suppose of the group and he's got he's a doubles player so he's a double specialist Dave has been ranked as high as top 120 in the mm-hmm. world um, ATP so um, top player Dave and a top pro as well so yeah we've a re- we feel we have a really rounded team you know a lot of young players and obviously Dave's experience then will be a huge help you know Are the guys selected purely on performance over the last year or is it captain's pick or how does it work? Yeah yeah so they would be selected on uh, on performance I mean I suppose this has been such a strange year for, for anyone based in Ireland it's been very hard to get on these teams because there hasn't been competition mm. we've been so affected by COVID um, but all these guys would have been um, competing internationally and would have been on the tour and everything else so they would have been picked on those results um, Talk to me about your roles and duties then as captain Kim. Yeah, so my my role basically I'll be on court with the team with the players uh, during the matches so I, every change of ends I'll be going through um, tactics helping them just making sure that they have everything really um, they need um, a lot of the time is just managing the whole week really as such um, I will be setting up practice sessions I'll be going through pre-match tact- or tactics with them um, basically yeah just managing the week as such we will have a we will have an administrator from Tennis Ireland and my co-captain um, Carlos Miranda will also be will also be mm-hmm. there so um, we'll be um, yeah we feel like we have a good team good support staff so um, yeah we, we feel that we have a lot of things in place to do well. And is it like the Ryder Cup and that you select which guy you think is best matched against your opponent's guy or how does it work? Yeah, so basically the way it'll happen is we'll have our number one singles and our number two singles and we can put either of them in a doubles mm-hmm. um, a doubles team as well so we can select the doubles whatever way we want. So um, yeah, there's a lot of tactics uh, involved and I, I spent, I suppose, the last four uh, really on um, looking at YouTube clips and trying to get videos on, on the other players from the other nations. So um there's been a lot of homework has gone into it and um, something I really enjoy actually scouting, mm-hmm. scouting other players. Um, so yeah, we, it, 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 it can be very tactical in the, way, in the way you play it, you know. And would you have had much contact with your players beforehand? Yeah, I have had contact. It's, a, it, it's hard really because in tennis they're on tour all the time. These guys are on tour so they're, they're not based in Ireland. They're, um, they're away all the time. So we will, a lot of them will actually be, won't be actually flying from Ireland. They'll be coming from different parts of the world. And we'll be meeting them over there. But I've been in contact through. We've had Zoom. We had a sports psychology sports psychology session yesterday. Um, we've had a lot of Zoom meetings, and we've been touched mainly most days um, over the last fortnight and so. I suppose to refer back, I suppose to the Ryder Cup. Um, team spirit is a massive part of that, and I'd imagine it's a massive part of what's going to be Team Ireland's performance over the next week. Yeah, hugely. So it's something that we've already emphasised to the players. I mean, I think. As Irish people, we're, we're generally good team players, but um, I think being a good teammate is something that I put a lot of emphasis on as well um, and supporting your teammates. So that's something that we're really going to jump into the players. But knowing the lads as I do, um, they are all, they, they know exactly what's, what's needed and they know um, that being, 
creating that team environment is going to be vital over the, over the week, you know. Yeah, it's kicking off on the, the 16th of June. Um, you're heading out today, which is Sunday. Um, so you limited, I suppose, practice time and contact time with the guys ahead of it, I suppose. Yeah, so we'll hopefully get a session in this evening um, when we get to Larnaca in Cyprus. Um, we'll, we'll train tomorrow. Um, we'll train Tuesday and the draw is on Tuesday so we'll find out who we're playing on Tuesday and then we start on the Wednesday so yeah limited limited time I suppose because um, the schedule the pro schedule is, is so jam-packed um, the Davis Cup only gets a week in this section so um, yeah we, we'll play um, over the three days and then and then back home afterwards so um, yeah limited time but as I said previously the, all these guys are, are experienced pros they know what's they know what's required of them you know and they are experienced pros as, meant, as you said but um, weather I suppose in Cyprus it's going to be very very hot very very humid I'd imagine is that something that the lads are prepared for? Yeah, the lads are prepared. I don't know if myself and Carlos are prepared for being, being, being stuck in this for the last six weeks, but um, the lads are definitely prepared for it. I mean, they're on tour all the time. Um, I mean, a lot of them are based abroad. Um, and if they're not based abroad, they're, they're traveling most weeks um, to, 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 to these countries. So, um, yeah, absolutely. There'd be no problem for them. As I say, we might struggle a small bit, but um, I'm sure they'll have no problems. <laughs> At least you won't be on court too much anyway, so it won't be too much of a, an issue. Exactly. Um, what's a good week? Have you set a target for yourself? Yeah, we have a target. Um, I suppose, like like anything else, is to perform. Um, we want to perform to the best of our ability. If that takes us and um, gives us a promotion place, well and good. Um, but the main thing is that we look after what we we control. What we can control. Um, that's our preparation. That's our, our um, that we get everything right. That myself and Carlos and Lisa get everyone right. For, everything right for the players. That the practice is spot on, and then that the players go out and perform. I mean, we can't control that. And we can't control what the opposition are going to do. Um, as I said previously, we're probably on paper the fourth strongest. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, of the group, but nothing's won on paper, as you know. So, um, we're hoping that um, we do the, the guys go out there, they do perform well in the day, and we do think promotion is a is a is is achievable. You know, will there be crowds at the matches? No, no crowds because of COVID. So, mm. um, yeah, it's fairly restrictive actually. Rory. I mean, when we get there, we're straight to the hotel. Um, we have to do a COVID test when we get there. Um. So we will. We have to stay in a room then until those results come back, and then we can't leave the hotel. We can only leave the hotel for um, practice, for uh, the matches themselves, and media obligations. So they're the only times we can leave the hotel. So um, yeah, it's 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 different to other trips and other tours mm. that we've been on previously. You know. And can you just talk to, I suppose, with your Munster performance director hat on. I mean, like, how difficult has the last year been for for tennis across Munster with COVID and all the restrictions? And I suppose how good has it been to see tennis courts open back up recently? Yeah, it's been, look, I suppose, like any other sport, it's been very, very, very difficult. Um, it's so difficult for coaches, difficult for clubs, but I think really difficult for kids, you know. I mean, like, the kids love, love their sport and they want to go out and they want to be active, a lot of these guys. So um, it's, it was just great the, um, a couple of months ago when we got back on court and things started to open up and we're, we're just about to start their tournament season now. Um, so at the start of July, so that'll be fantastic for the kids because um, training is one thing, but the matches they need mm-hmm. matches, you know, they they're they're competitive beasts, so they need to they need to be um they need to be competing. So we're, everyone's looking forward to that. But yeah, like other, every other sport, Rory, and every other walk of life is a very difficult time for yeah. everyone involved. You know, being a hard year, I suppose, and all the momentum I suppose that you build up prior to COVID has been lost, and getting that back again is going to be a challenge. 
Yeah, it's like starting again, really, as such, you know. Um, and but in fairness, I will. I what I would say about the the guys when they did come back is that they have. We have been in touch with them over Zoom. Zoom has become so popular, and we've been <laughs> touch with them all all through COVID. And they have come back in really good shape. Um, and they have been try, trying to do what they can, you know. Um, so in fairness to them, we were expecting that we would be starting starting from scratch. But in fairness, when they come back in fairly good nick, so we've been happy with that, you know. Excellent, Ken. Thanks very much for joining us today. Um, very very best best luck for the week ahead to you and your team look forward to, to, to watching your progress and fingers crossed the Irish uh, will be uh, celebrating this week Thanks a million more thanks for having me on yeah, great to chat to Keane Blake there. He was co-captaining Ireland in the Davis Cup this week and uh, uh, it's going to be a great week for them. We'll, be, we'll have Keane on again next week and hopefully talk about a great week for that Irish team. It looks like it's going to be a great week for them in Cyprus. It's gone to extra time in the uh, Camogie League semi-final between uh, Cork and Galway. Finished one thirteen in peace. Cork scoring the last three points of the game to force extra time. Um, so it has gone to um, extra time there in Nolan Park and uh, the uh, first half of extra time is just about to get underway there we'll keep you up to date on that one but uh, a good comeback from Cork and fitness certainly going to be a massive issue now for both of these teams while it's been an incredibly hot day around the country similar in Nolan Park so we'll we'll keep it posted on that one fingers crossed Cork and uh, book their place in the final uh, against Kilkenny who uh, won today as well so we'll keep it posted on that one and as we mentioned, uh, the French Open final, Novak Djokovic winning after a five-set epic, epic against that Stefanos Tsitsipas, uh, coming from two sets down as well to win at Roland Garros. Okay, we are going to talk early games again and the coming of months goal, June Activity Week starting this week. It's been tough for uh, skiing the skull, of course, no uh, competitions uh, because of COVID-19, but I've been catching up with their Piero Seamus O'Connor. The Skin of Skull Activity Week is uh, happening this week and uh, Seamus O'Connor joins us on the line now. Seamus, how are you, sir? Thank you for having us on, Rory. Yeah, no, I'm delighted good. to have, us, have you on. Uh, listen, um, I suppose Skin of Skull is a massive part in um, in, in the, the kids' education, I suppose, and, and part of their school journey and all that. And they haven't been able to, to represent their school last year. And similar this year, it uh, must be very tough on the kids not to be able to, to run out for their school in Skin of Skull. Rory, yeah, we're very privileged. I mean, I suppose from, from a school's perspective, the Skeena Skull calendar and the events throughout the year is very much part of the school fabric here in Cork. We're very lucky in, uh, to have that tradition and even down to having media outlets like yourself uh, and the local papers following our, our game so extensively. We're very lucky. The knock-on effect for that is obviously, as you said at the start, we, we haven't been able to provide any games or, or blitzes for our, our, our pupils throughout the country this year and it's been hugely, you know, we're very aware that children, one of their big things is to wear the school jersey and represent the school and we haven't been able to facilitate that um, through the lockdown and look it's understandable um, at this time last year what we did to try and help that was we we instigated a lot of online blitz co- or online skills competitions and that was hugely successful and both individual families and, and schools got involved and it was really really good and I suppose what we're trying to do for this year at a national level we've been is to try and provide uh, take a week and, and create an activity we can provide a whole list of different activities that the children can understand take and hopefully that will give them a sense of of, of taking part in, in the in the games you know yeah, How upsetting has it been for the kids I suppose not to be able to, to, to play the big games uh, in like, Parky Cueve and, and Parky Rin and all that 
I, I, I don't think we can underestimate it. I mean, there's a lot of children in school who have a lot of talent. So you have some children who, who get to do the school drama. There's some, some school children who are very academically strong and, and, and appreciate finishing out the year. Um, for a lot of children, the games is, is their big thing, be they um, on, the, on the team or part of the squad, the training, going to the games, travelling to the games, to, to miss out on all that when they've seen, when they're in third and fourth class, watching the, the older kids going out the door for the buses uh, and the games on a, on a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon they're kind of dreaming of that Rory and mm-hmm. we know that and the teachers are very aware of it as well don't forget <laughs> I mean to be fair the games are a high part of the year for certain teachers as well it's, it's part you know it's very much part of their calendar and um, we do know that children have been very upset by not playing we've anecdotally we've spoken to parents we all have friends who have children in fifth and sixth class this year and last year who've missed out and as I said at the start um, actually wearing the jersey and representing the school is such an important part of their time in the school it's like a rite of passage almost um, and it's great that they were able to play the matches with the club game uh, the clubs last year and hopefully this summer as well but there seems to be uh, you know playing and representing your school is, is definitely different and it's just disappointing I, I guess to outline why there weren't games from our perspective unlike the clubs where you know parents are able to take children individually from our perspective um, schools you know we're under the auspices of the Department of Education who have possibly stricter guidelines just in the sense that we have to keep the children in pods and keep the classes apart and that has to be represented throughout the, the whole academic calendar so mixing children from different schools to play matches under that under that auspices would be very difficult it's actually impossible and I suppose secondly we're not allowed from a travel perspective as well we're not allowed to, um, under our school insurances and the common and school insurance to have the children travel with, with individual parents it has to be on a bus so again bus travel is practically impossible at, uh, under, the, under the current guidelines so you know it was, it, there was a lot of work done last September and last August by the National Coming and Month School um, Committee to try and see could we get any form of games over the line but look we and, we te- and there was a lot of um, ideas teased out but unfortunately it just didn't come to pass and, and it's understandable so you know from that perspective we do realise that we have to provide something in the next few weeks just to try and, and, and alleviate the void that's been created by the current pandemic you know like Personally speaking I remember playing skiing the skull in primary school and uh, that day out in Parky Cueve and even I was up in the school a couple of years ago and the photographs are still on the wall as well of that day it's just a magical day and it is massively disappointing I suppose the kids can't experience that It before. is and, and yeah and Rory you're right and we've even anecdotally I've spoken to you about this in the past it is something that children remember from their school like they mm. don't remember the, 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 the Irish lessons that were done in November or the maths lessons when it was raining they remember the snow days or they remember the matches when they got to go <laughs> yeah. and travel that's what they remember and you know don't bear in mind that there's 411 primary schools in Cork we have five regions involved with Duhallow North Cork Carry Down and the city itself and Musgrave like all of those regions haven't had any activities formal activities this academic year for the mm-hmm. first time in our history and, and it's a huge void and, and bearing in mind as I said that you know different children have different skills sets and different things that they take away from school and this is one of the, particularly here in Cork, like, you know, Skeena School is part of the fabric of our primary schools and to not have those activities taking place for a whole academic year is, is a massive void. So instead, Activity Week is taking place starting Monday 14th of June. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Correct, yeah. Um, look, in fairness, our, our sponsors, Allianz, have been very good this year and they've continued to sponsor all of our activities throughout the COVID period. And as part of that, what we want to do is basically facilitate schools with a list of activities that they can undertake from um, pod-based blitzes to reenacting famous speeches. I know certain schools are, are great for <laughs> reenacting Joe Connolly's speech, his acceptance speech in the 1980s. And what we're asking schools and, and uh, is to um, take videos of those and take videos 
details of your activities, be it quizzes, be it, um, as I said, blitzes, and we'll share them on the various social media platforms with the hashtag um, Alliance coming a month ago. Um, and the idea is that we'll have some prizes as well that we'll hopefully give out. But it, it's basically to just try and, and replicate in as far as we can that feeling of, of representing the school and playing games. I imagine there's a lot of excitement now for, uh, for the kids kind of heading into this week as well. There is, there really is, and the schools have bought into this. And I suppose what's nice is because it, it, it's timed nicely because a lot of the clubs have re, re, restart, recommence their own um, training and their own activities. It's meant that the you know the hurlies are starting to come into school again, um, whereas they mightn't have previously. And don't forget that even though we can play into school games, a lot of teachers and a lot of schools are running blitzes and still doing training. And and this is this is an opportunity for them to expose that. I suppose beyond the school bounds um, and look we're as I said we're we're hoping and very anxious to get all of our school games up and running as soon as we can but as I said in the short term this activity week from the 14th to the 18th is, is a very important part for a very important thing for us to finish off the year Excellent Seamus thanks very much for talking to us and very best of luck with activity week this week Thanks Rory really appreciate the time thank you Seamus O'Connor there of Skiena Skull talking to us about the Colin Munn Skull activity week which is happening this week and I suppose the, the disappointment of kids uh, not being able to line up for their schools over the last year over Covid but uh, hopefully activity week will be a massive massive success Alright into extra time in the Camogie League uh, semi-final and it's uh, Galway who lead Cork 1.15 to 1.14 is how it stands there with seven and a half minutes played of extra time at Nolan Park. Uh, it's going to um, reverse back a bit and talk about Cork's is defeat to Cabin Teeley. Didn't get a chance really to, to touch on it yesterday as we were live from Porky Cueve yesterday but um, Cork City beaten by Cabin Teeley. And a massively disappointing night at Turners Cross. There were 600 fans there, cracking night for a game of football. And again, Cork City's performance uh, not up to muster, uh, lacking creativity up front and struggling to, to get the ball forward. Uh, and uh, beaten by Cabin Seeley, who uh, scored twice. Uh, admittedly, their second goal came late in the game as Cork were were searching for an equaliser. Uh, but it was uh, another disappointing night for uh, Cork City. And uh, Colum spoke to Colin Healy afterwards, and Healy uh, certainly. Um, let his players know that it wasn't good enough Yeah, I th- I listen, listen they got the first goal listen, uh, mistake by us listen we got punished by it um, in the second half listen we were pushing obviously Bagsy's come off uh, listen we were down a player we were pushing but we got caught in the break but but overall in that I just I just didn't think we were good enough we, d- we didn't play on the front foot and I just thought listen we can you know like we can all say young players and all that kind of stuff but tonight is just even with the fans back and I thought we might have a more of a bite to the team and I, I, I listen to be honest I thought we were very poor we were would you have expected a better performance from the lads tonight I mean you had a two week break and yes he said you had the crowd behind you tonight as well absolutely absolutely yeah I mean listen when the when these boys put on the jersey listen we're always in it's high standards here it has to be but I felt tonight I just thought we were flat and it just listen it's, it's not good enough it's not good enough and um, listen it's um yeah, it's, it's very disappointing, to, even that performance, but even for the fans to come in and, and to watch that. I just, listen, it's, um, yeah, it was, it was hard, it's a hard one to take. And it was Cameron Teeley's first time in down here in many, many years. And obviously he lost them earlier on in the season as well. And I mean, like, Cork City fans aren't used to losing to teams like Cameron Teeley, I suppose. So for them to come back and see that tonight. I, I know what you're saying, that we're not used to him. But listen, we're in the first division for a reason. Listen, because listen, the club is going back years and it's a different it's a different team now, it's a different club now, it is that so, you know, so it's um we're down we're, we're down the bomb for a reason because at the moment it's not good enough. You mentioned the young players, Colin, a lot of young players in tonight, uh, not as much experience in the side tonight, maybe Garrett Morris he was missing, Beats was on the bench. You got Steve you got Stephen Beatty back in uh, back from injury. Is that is that a slight positive tonight? It's a slight positive, like but a lot of young lads these young lads are twenty one. 
they're not 16 and 17 these are 21 lads have been on the last two or three years like so we can't keep saying young lads and young lads lads have to step up and take a bit of responsibility you know, it's great to see Beats back in and Beats is doing his good character on the place he's an experienced player but we need we need a, we need a lot more people than, than Stephen Beattie and Gerald Morris you know what I mean we keep, um, this, this, uh, young lads is that we don't have young lads like Oren Crow and, and he's on the bench they're young lads young lads are 21 they're not young lads I suppose it has been a narrative that, that it's a young team and so on but like you obviously want them to get over that and you probably want to get that, that out of the players own minds as well they need to step up and take responsibility they need to take responsibility I mean the minute they put on the jersey and they step out here listen as I said we do all the training during the week it's up to them to look after me the minute they cross the white line it's it's, it's up to them to take to take the uh, you know to, to go and play and to show people what they have and, and tonight they didn't just on a, on a positive note I suppose Colin good to have the supporters back in tonight and uh, obviously the result wasn't what we wanted but um, but it was nice to have them here and it's nice for the fans to be back here it's great it's great to get the fans back in and the, the fans here are fantastic but if you play like if you play like that and listen the fans won't enjoy it and they won't they won't listen I've been around long enough and I've played here long enough is that listen if you don't give everything for a short listen the fans will turn you and, and, and that's just the way it is and that's the way it is with every other club but it's, I just thought tonight it just, just wasn't good enough and it's, it's, it's good enough and the players were told that so listen it's um it's a hard one to take us thanks Colin cheers just not good enough that was our Cork City boss Colin Healy speaking after their defeat to Cabins Healy and it's been a, a, a poor start Cork City second bottom uh, 11 games played just 2 wins just 9 points um, we knew it was going to be tough in the first division but didn't realise how tough uh, it was going to be um, so it's Going to they have to turn something around somewhere because Friday's performance was was as Colin said it was poor, it was very very poor. Um, two away games now coming their way to Athlone Town on Friday and then they go to to league leader Shelburne. So the there are no easy games in this division, um, but um, they're going to have to change something around and change it quickly because it's it's not good enough as Colin said. But it'll be interesting to see uh, where the changes come and how uh, they can get out of this slump that they're in because two consecutive defeats now after the defeat to Cove Ramblers before the mid-season break. Two away games now for City before they return to Turners Cross uh, uh, in a couple of weeks' time to face Treaty United on the 2nd of July. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a tough, tough season for Cork City so far. Uh, in the uh, Camogie League uh, semi-final in extra time, 12 minutes gone, and it is uh, Galway leading Cork, um, 117 to 114. In fact, it's just half-time there gone uh, uh, in the uh, extra time there, 117 to 114. It's how it currently stands there at the moment. Um, so Cork had to get... Uh, Three points back at the end of the hour to to get the game to extra time. They now have to, to get another three points back, three points down going into the second half of extra time. So a bit of work there to do for the Rebels um, before uh, as they try to book a place in the Alliance or the uh, Littlewoods Ireland Camogie League final uh, against Kilkenny. But certainly a lot of work to do for Paddy Murray's side there in Nolan Park in the heat in Nolan Park. It's uh, finished as well between um, Austria and North Macedonia in Group C. Austria winning by three goals to one. Netherlands and Ukraine is an 8pm kickoff. Uh, looking forward to that one tonight. And uh, England beating Croatia by a goal to nil earlier on today. Raheem Sterling with his uh, first uh, goal uh, in a major tournament uh, for that one and win today at Wembley. So a good result there for England. Off to a winning start in Group G and Czech Republic and Scotland uh, to come the second game in that group. That is tomorrow at 2pm. 
Don't forget, if you missed last night's show, we were live in Porky Cueve um, to celebrate the launch of the Red FM Leagues. Um, fantastic for Red FM to be involved in the uh, leagues again this year. Uh, it's our 12th year sponsoring the leagues. They have gone from strength to strength and that's a massive testament uh, to the various committees that have uh, helped push the um, the leagues on uh, in Courtier. It's fantastic to see. Plenty of games over the weekend and uh, plenty more to come. But uh, we were there, there live in Porky Cueve yesterday to discuss um, the the launch of the leagues. It was fantastic to be there. We had an in-depth interview with Kieran Kingston um, talking all things hurling. It's well worth checking uh, out. It's uh, available on the Red FM podcast and redfm.ie. We also spoke uh, to Cork CEO Kevin O'Donovan. We spoke to Cork Piero, Joey Blake, and we had reaction as well from the Cork footballers went over Westmead yesterday. As we heard from uh, Ronan McCarthy, relieved Ronan McCarthy. It was a rollercoaster game in the park yesterday but uh, it was great to be live in Parky Cueve an absolutely fantastic occasion uh, but you can get that on the podcast redfm.ie is where you will find that we're pretty much out of time on the show this evening thank you very much indeed for tuning our way um, tonight's show if you missed any of it will be available online as well redfm.ie or from wherever you get your podcasts from we're back next Saturday and Sunday from 6pm three hours of the best Irish music coming your way with Conor Halpin Green on Red and I mean the very best in Irish music he's under pressure now I can see him sweating a little bit here it's like the very best in Irish music it will be the very very best in Irish music because it is the very very best Irish music show right here on Cork's Red FM between 7 and 10pm enjoy the rest of your sunny Sunday evening folks I'll talk to you next week and uh, Conor's up next Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.